1: Is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage, live outrage.
0: from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What
1: economy? Are you talking about? It's about. time about.
0: for mortgage matters.
1: Mortgage, matters.
2: mortgage matters. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Hey, hey, hey. Good morning. That's Mike Points. We had uh, we got Danny P. Dan's out having a little vacation. Actually, his vacation's ending today.
3: But uh is it, or is it really? Where he went to Arizona or something? Yeah, he went to spring training. That's
4: a mixed emotion day, right? The last day,
2: right? You're like, I don't want to be done doing this. He planned it well, though. His flight lands back here today, this morning. Mm -hmm. So then at least you get home. Mm Right. Doesn't have the obligation of the show. Right. And then two more days to recoup. And for a dude that doesn't get a lot of Saturdays off, I'd say that's a... That's a good thing. That's a big win for him. Yeah, Yeah, his birthday's this weekend. Oh, nice. So if you see him, wish him a happy birthday. I know that. When's your birthday, Jay? Cinco de Mayo.
4: Oh, man. Jim, it'd be worth more than 100 bucks if you had a little button. You could have pushed right then. <laughs> <came> <laughs> it's
3: like... That was, oh, uh,
2: <laughs> I think, good enough. That was just the no, trumpet think, <laughs> section. Yeah, that was pretty good there, just, Mike. I don't know. That was, was good. trumpet section. Was probably as good as anything I could find.
4: Oh, boy. Yeah. My birthday's way out, October
2: Oh, it means you just had it. What do yeah. you mean, way out? You're like my daughter. Birthday's December I'm 36. And a half. December 30th, <laughs> and the next day she's like, on my next birthday, we're going <laughs> to. Hey,
4: hey, kind of like the down. rose braid.
3: Yeah. Kind of raise, rose parade January 2nd, they start planning start for planning. the
4: next. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's still carrying interest on the last birthday, uh, honey. We're yeah.
2: going to let a few people, <laughs> other people, have birthdays in between your birthdays, if you don't mind. <laughs> But I like where your head's at. It's funny how huh? kids <laughs> are that like, way though. Yeah, yeah. They're always looking forward uh, to their next birthday. Uh, oh yeah. And and if I had uh, I should keep track of it year round because it'd be amazing. Because mm-hmm. every little thing's planned out you know. Yeah. Oh for my next birthday this is what I want to have for breakfast. You know. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Just name and name off like 14 of them through the year. Yeah. 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 it's crazy. Good huh? times. She's Good.
3: a character. And it won't be like iPod like 5 or whatever. It'd be like 27 or something mm. like
4: that you know
2: by then right probably yeah probably it's an
4: interesting point yeah i do think that um aside from the birthday talk it's past the first day of spring now so spring is here yes yeah, so i have allergies correct me too thanks for that allergy hey pill. we're sharing it
2: All throughout the room
3: here.
4: So, Uh, preface to the show. um, And
2: usually I don't get them until, like, the first week of April. Yeah. And then I'll have them usually through the first week of June. Mm -hmm. I know there are people that have year-round allergies, and I really feel bad for those people. I'm one of the blessed few that only gets them for about a six-week period. Yeah, I get them. That's about me. But it's miserable. I know. It's
3: just like, can I get really sick or just leave me alone?
2: And and this last week, starting on... Wednesday, just after lunch, I started feeling like a scratchy throat. Uh-huh, yeah, And so then I'm like, am I getting sick too? No, is it allergies? allergies? Mm-hmm. Maybe I hit the naze a little too hard and like burned out my throat. No. <laughs> it's it's not funny, Mike. Miserable. It is. It's miserable. I know. Mike was just telling me he had to sleep in the other room because he was snoring. And it's probably related to those inflamed airways. Yeah. Slept in the guest room last night. Poor guy. Maybe you need to get one of those machines Mm. that keeps you breathing good. Oh, that machine. Sorry. All right. Well, hey, we got a guest coming in for the uh, middle hour of the show today. Certainly. Who's coming, Mike? Mike Turnquist from Keller Williams Real Estate up in North County
4: will be here today. Uh, Second time on the show. Glad to have him back. A repeat. Uh, Close friend of mine. Excellent realtor and he's going to talk to us about more than just prices of homes. It'll be a good good section
2: of the show. Glad to have him on. Good. That sounds fun. And what are you prepared to talk about until his arrival? Well, I know we had lunch together this week, and I was you were giving me a little grief that I talked too much. So this morning I just figured, you know what? I'm just going to—today I'm going to make a concerted effort to just follow your lead, Mike.
4: I want to—well, I think there's— there's a couple of topics I want to talk about, you know, um, one of the things I want to talk about just on the positive side of things of this, this, uh, economy is that we are the loans that are active, the Freddie, Freddie Mac, Fannie Mae conventional loans that are active are performing at 98%. And what that means is that people out there that have loans on their homes can reasonably make the payment and should Continue well, to make the payment.
2: It's a good time to be performing, right?
4: Well, I just think it's very I mean homes
2: are appreciating.
4: People are in a good spot exactly. What's that happened that so the individual in America is building wealth right now, yeah, by making that same payment every month. Um, I say that to also say that loan payoffs hit
2: three year lows. People are not doing refinances right now. (laughs) (laughs) If you already had a loan, it's probably got a lower rate than what you could get today. Right. Um, Unless, of course, you had it for a long time and missed the refi window uh, to some degree, but I I doubt that's probably the case. Yeah, going back to what you're talking about, the performance rate of loans, when I got first schooled up in this business, we were taught that something between 1% and 3% was just normal. For loans to be delinquent, delinquents, yeah, and you know, you could you could come up with uh, the reasons why. You know, you got a borrower that, that loses a job, life or happens. yeah, I mean, life happens. And this is even going to count people that are you know that go deceased and their loan goes unpaid until remedied. So you're you're always as a lender or servicer, you're always going to have that to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the mm-hmm. way loan modification became the big hot topic through this last recession, right? If you didn't get a loan modification, chances are you know somebody that tried to or maybe did. Uh, it was it was all kinds of talked about, right? Yep. Banks have always had a loan modification department. It wasn't something new. Um, in fact, working out those delinquencies and being able to craft forbearance agreements or work with people on a deed in lieu of foreclosure. These are the types of things that the loan loan modification department generally worked on. That being said, I think once the recession hit, when loans hit, I'd, I got to remember back to the stats and I, I dared, I dare um, guess that delinquency rates. What do you think delinquency rates were at the peak? Oh, I bet you they were in the 30s. Yeah,
4: I bet you they were. I, th- I bet you.
2: you I was going to say can look that up. It was. Um, I'm I'm googling it now. I was going to suggest that it was in the in the high 20 percent range. Yeah, um, delinquency rate. I guess for good radio, I would aggressive for single family. Oh, so this was published by the St. Louis Fed, and let's look here. Um. Oh, gosh. We're way off.
4: Was it in the 14, 15?
2: It looks like quarter one, 2010 was where they peaked at 11.5%. Wow. <laughs> well, just to put that into perspective. I Good mean, thing this isn't Final Jeopardy, huh? You would have wagered a bunch of money and lost a lot. Yeah. I, just, I, I don't know. <laughs> Needed, <laughs> right. Need do it. Right. We needed it to be more prices right style cuz somebody should have said 1%. Yeah. Yeah, it felt okay. So, you know, but I mean that being said, you're talking about something that's somewhere between four and and five times the average?
4: Mhm. That's a lot. We're today, as of January's numbers completed and in, we're at under 1%.
2: This little chart that I'm looking at on the St. Louis mm-hmm. Fed has a slider that gets us to Q4 2016. I mean, what a decline. Basically, the, the substantial decline happens in Q3 2012, where the delinquency rate is at 10.4%. Mm-hmm. And it declines from there steadily. I mean every every increment you could measure it declines all the way down to the very tail end of the chart here is Q4 2016 where it's at 4.15% delinquency rate back in Q1 of 2005 1.4%. That's crazy low. And when Mike when you started this segment here to bring this up I said hey It's a good time to not be delinquent, right? Correct. So was Q1 2005. That was when we were having 20% annual appreciation, 30% some places locally annual appreciation on a home.
4: Mm -hmm.
2: Beg, borrow, or steal, you want to make that loan payment. You want to keep them chips on the table. Mm -hmm. And boy, did that story radically change the run-up in delinquency rate from... Q1 2008 up to its its peak of Q1 2010 pretty substantial so
4: yeah it's funny that you reference it as a a situation where you want to pony up your chips i think what's happening now more so than ever with the rates being where they're at and the fact that people are looking at okay well this mortgage is hefty but what would rents be otherwise <laughs> hefty? And I feel like it. I can speak specifically for San Luis Obispo County and Santa Barbara County. There's really just no other better option for living than having a mortgage. And what I find is that these people that have made the leap, get, got the mortgage, making the payment are now experiencing in the last three years a good steady clip of equity appreciation to their house. Sure. And and I now, people ask me this, at, you know, I'm at weddings or I'm in, a, uh, I'm in an environment where I'm meeting people for the first time and they say, oh, you're a mortgage banker. Well, that'll be great for four years. <laughs> I kind of <laughs> chuckle at them and say um, to the bartender that I'm no longer paying for their drink that <laughs> I, I now feel more so than ever like a CPA instead of like a quick sly mortgage banker. Now I've got guidelines to help people with. I've got life planning to help them with, you know, with rates that we have, I'm helping some of my clients. Ironically that I I mentioned a wedding, I'm helping them plan their daughter's wedding by doing a small refinance where they're taking out some cash and it still makes a ton of sense for them. Sure. In the midst of doing all this, a 15 year mortgage came about and he's going to pay his house off faster anyways so it's it's so much more like now i believe personally that the market that we have out there the products that we have out there that central coast lending offers the rates at which they're they're selling are it doesn't matter that your rate right now is terrific and you want to stay in this forever you're going to have a life change and it's going to make sense to have a relationship with someone like us yeah sure and to capitalize on that i think the 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 flip side is you could you could sell, take the money and run, and say, "Oh, I, I got out when the market was at the top." But I think we're going to get into that a little bit more today when we have our real estate agent on. I don't know that this market is anywhere near, you know, <laughs> anywhere near the bottom falling out, and and that's really because of an inventory situation we have here on this on the central
2: coast. Well, and the fact that rates are lower. Um, over this last three-year period than they are today with these low delinquency rates, that makes me think that it's going to even contribute more to the shortage that's going on, right? Dan and I talked about this a little bit last week, too. I mean, it's kind of a common theme lately when you want to try to figure out reasons why we have such a a supply-side problem right now in not only in our local real estate market, but even nationally. hmm One of them is if you were one of the select few that got a three and a quarter percent thirty-year fixed, or a two and three eighths fifteen-year fixed, are you eager to sell your home today? Many of those people are going to stay put. I mean that—that's where you can put up with some real dissatisfiers. Well, yeah. Terrific point. Yeah. If you're, if you look at apples to apples, and you say, okay, well, I'm going to sell my home, and I'm going to cash in on my equity, I'm going to go ahead and put that money right down on the next house, <coughs> boom, right into the very next house, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to end up maybe I buy a house that's worth a hundred or two thousand dollars, hundred or two hundred thousand dollars more than my current home, so I can get into the country club or into this better school district sure. or with this extra square footage, the house with the pool. The horse acreage, whatever it is that you're after, whatever that wish list item mm-hmm. is for you, mm-hmm. you're going to look at that and now we have, there's a couple of factors. there. Okay, great. You're going to put all of your equity and you got a lot of great equity from the home that you have right now. So you're going to put all that down into the new home and you're going to you know upgrade just a little bit. Well, two things. One is you have a three and a quarter 30 year fixed. Today, you're likely to get a four and a quarter. The difference on that alone could be a couple hundred bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And then additionally, we're going to have a new tax base from the Prop 13 tax base that you enjoy on the home that you bought several years ago that made all this windfall equity too. And so your property tax is going to go from 400 bucks a month to 700 bucks a month. Yeah. So now you add up the difference in the interest, you add up the difference in the taxes, suddenly you're at 500 bucks a month, which is almost a hundred thousand dollars of purchase power. And so now you're looking at that, and, and you almost got to pause and go, wait a minute. I'm basically going to lose a hundred thousand bucks by way of this monthly cash flow. At least how the debt service feels the benefits to me. Of having that equity or that yeah that asset. And do I want? So do I? Do I? Would I pay an extra hundred thousand bucks to go get in that neighborhood in addition to what it costs me truly to upgrade in real dollars? That's America, baby. Maybe people are going to say yes. Maybe, maybe not. Um, I can imagine there's a lot of people that are going to say no by the time they see all the dust settle and they just go, you know what, I'm just going to stay put for a little bit longer. Uh, So anyway, that's just one of several reasons that we have a supply side problem right now is that there's just people that are with their rate, with their tax base, with the market, um, they're just happy to just not be involved in selling and buying. And, Mm -hmm. and so those existing home sales numbers aren't, aren't quite what they would be if the roles were reversed. I mean, let's suggest that we have the same inventory problem that we have today, uh, which is light inventory, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're a home buyer, you realize today there's only so many homes that you can go take a stab at today. Um, But let's just say that, that in today's market, Everybody for the last five years averaged a four-and-a-half 30-year fix, and then in today's environment, the interest rate is 3%. Yep. You'd be way more inclined to make a run into, oh, wait a minute, I can upgrade my home and I can get a lower interest rate and, and payment in the process? Now you're bringing those people in droves off the sidelines. they want to participate in that. Why wouldn't you? So... Really, I mean that—that that to me is one of the significant reasons why we have the the little challenges we have. Yesterday, um, a, I wonder if I should even say what part of the county it is, because I feel like it could—you could figure it out. A builder in the North County—that's what I'll say—rather than tell you the the neighborhood or city that it's in. A builder in the North County was sharing the sentiment with the salespeople that they wanted these. This most recent um, development sold as fast as possible. Mm -hmm. And the sentiment was sort of trickled down from the top that they were nervous that the bubble was about to burst. Mm. Think about that for a minute. Talking about chips on the table. I suspect a little bit's lost in translation there. I do. (laughs) Um, First of all, if you're a speculative builder, Right, You're going to build a track where it's your intention to bring product to market. I mean, your goal probably is to sell it as fast as possible at all times anyway, right? You want to get out. You want to get out from under it. You've got, generally speaking, you've got model. That's the model. Right. Well, and you got to figure these builders are probably on average. They're into these projects for several years right from the day that they identified the the lot and first dreamed it up and then they bought it and they got through planning and then they got through entitlement you know all that whole thing then they break ground and then they wait out the weather now they've built a final product that they're that they're hoping sells right away what is that Uh, i mean in san luis obispo county is that three years i'm gonna guess that that Three to four years is probably average. There is a
4: development that is finally broken ground in San Luis Obispo proper that has been waiting 18 years.
2: To get here. <laughs> <laughs> it's astronomically well, high, but. And I'm guessing a, they didn't press it anomaly, for the last
4: 10 years. Anomaly. It's going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal development. Really well located. But yeah, I mean, talking
2: people's careers. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. My but, point but, is, though, but is that from you from soup
4: to nuts, it's going to
2: take. If you... it was four years, let's say it's four years ago, and you do the the budget on this project and you plan the whole thing out, and you go, okay, I'm gonna, I gotta go from dream to done in a four year period, and you're getting the market right now. You've got to be thrilled with what the market's done during that four year period for you, right? Oh, yeah, I mean the market in four years, I got to suggest is up probably 25 to 30% over the last four-year period. Mm-hmm. In some cases, locally, it's going to be more. But so if that builder penciled this project out with only a 10% profit, maybe 15%, and I understand this is kind of the maximum of what they're getting out of that. So they pencil this out with a 10 or 15% profit. By the time they're finally selling it, they're closer to 30% profit for... You know, and maybe there's increases along the way. I don't know. I hate to generalize too much. But point being, it's a pretty good place to be in this market right now if you could sell. And I would want to sell right away anyway. But sure. to suggest that that idea that this market is in a um, potential bubble position, I just thought was really interesting. To hear that sentiment come out and I know we, so we got to take a commercial break. We have our guest waiting here in the green room. We're gonna, we're gonna bring in our guest here. That's a, a, a pretty busy real estate agent, and um, this will be a great place to launch this conversation. Is to Indeed. talk about this idea. Um, this, I had lunch with you guys on Wednesday, and you guys brought up this idea that there's bubble talk out there. And I have to admit, and I said it then, that was the first I heard of it. And then lo and behold, yesterday, I heard this conversation coming from this North County builder. Um, and so I'm interested in that. Um, these are the first two examples I have of of running into this bubble sentiment. And I'd, um, yeah, I'm yeah, excited to explore that. So we're going to go ahead and take the first commercial break here of the show. And we'll be back in a couple of minutes. We'll bring in our real estate guests and get going on this. Stick with us, guys.
0: Mortgage matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi,
2: this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. Too often potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is, we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale. Before you meet with a realtor, step 1 is to get pre-approved.
0: Just call 543
2: loan Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California
5: BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 605 MLS number 328-358. We're
6: the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
1: For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people. Agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com.
3: Listening to the show over here, Mike. Points—you made that reference one time. You are listening (laughs) to. You are good, better than good. You
4: might be great. Well, thank you. Speaking of great, we're back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought you were going to say, "Speaking of great, we're great." Well, I mean, I just just assumed. It's implied. Said we're back. Uh, (laughs) Jason Grody got us through the. Through to the break with talking about Bubble Talk, and we wanted, before we get right back into the Bubble Talk, we wanted to talk about our new guest being here, Mr. Mike Turnquist Keller Williams. Good morning, sir, and thanks for
2: coming. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. I grew up with a dude named Mike Linquist. Was he cool? Super cool dude. Yeah, he still is cool dude. So whenever he says your name, I'm like, said it wrong. Wait, no, it's a different Mike. Mm-hmm. So my bad. It's close enough. You know, it's just close enough. So you guys are buddies already. Uh second
4: time guest, thanks for coming back twice. Means that we did something right or you just like to hear your voice. Either way, we're happy to have you.
5: I'm loving it. I'm <laughs> loving it. Yeah. I was dying to get back on here. I didn't know what to expect the first time and I know. it turned out to be super fun and yeah. I got
4: I got a lot better over the years of prepping the guests
2: for what to, what the show's going to be like. In the beginning, I think I just scared the bejesus out of them. We used to always go meet with our guests like on Friday before the show to, to try to chill everything out. And I think it doesn't actually really help because until you actually sit down in here and go through it for the first time, you realize it's really not that big of a deal. And and for for those of us like, you know, and of course, I'm including Mike in this, you're this is what you do for a living and you love it. You're smart. You're an expert at it. You're passionate about it. How hard is it to sit down and talk about that? Yet we stress about things and we get all worked up, you know. So anyways, I'm not sure those meetings ever helped. And then the other problem is oftentimes we would have, you only kind of have that first opportunity to have a really cool, organic conversation with someone about all the stuff. So even when we had lunch the other day, I was like... Well, let's not talk all about that today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of got to leave it to like, yeah, to make sure because you don't want to feel like you're repeating yourself in the conversation, you know. And and really, mm-hmm. um, as much as we're talking for everyone's benefit, we're kind of talking to each other, right? Mm-hmm. So that's the way we always
3: express it in radio.
2: You're just talking
3: amongst friends yeah. here at Starbucks. Yeah, yeah,
2: with some microphones in front of you, and there you are. Kind of see where it goes, and then don't say any of what. How many bad words are there? You're not allowed to say. Uh, there's seven. Seven. seven so just don't words. say any of those. And then otherwise, it's just friends at Starbucks. Yeah, there it is. Yep. I try not to swear at Starbucks, or in my case, friends at Nautical Bean or <laughs> or Uptown. There it is. I try really. Yeah. Hard. I I'm actually. Um, I. It's it's not just a Starbucks boycott. It's really making an extra effort to support the local businesses. What's the local stuff up north, Mike?
4: What Local coffee. You guys have anything that I wouldn't know down here in San Luis?
5: I'm a Folgers guy at home. You (laughs) You are like the most boring (laughs) dude. No, no. You put butter and MCT oil in it, and it is fantastic.
2: In the Folgers. In the Folgers. (laughs) You blend it up.
5: (laughs) It, it's You're it, talking it, about coffee still, right? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It has brain food right there. <laughs> got it. Yeah, is that that
4: butter interesting? Yeah, it's got to be like a day, like a backpacking thing, like get yourself some calories and hit yeah. the trail.
5: grass fed butter, it's called bulletproof coffee. Look it up.
4: Oh, I
2: have heard about Look this. It I have, yeah, yeah, it's a staple in my house too. We just don't put it in Folgers. Yeah, maybe I should try that. Maybe that's what just. Kind of, this should be a
5: good thing to go here. What was the mm-hmm. rest of the ingredients? Sets right? it off.
3: Butter
4: and what did you
5: say, wheatgrass or something? Oh, well, wheat. we have been known to mix up the slow roasted from time to time. That is good stuff as well. It's
2: uh, a okay. um, it's a organic coconut um, derived oil. This is a pure and Dang. really good for you, and it's brain food. It's true, brain food. Dang, I'm gonna have to try that. Dang, <laughs> <laughs> you reminded me <laughs> of Joe Dirt. Dang. <laughs> All right, so um, let's dig in and talk about this stuff. Uh, to answer your question, though, there's a couple of cool coffee spots in Paso. Yeah, and and there's even a, a Kreutzberg now right there. Yeah, a block off the park. That's where I like. Right to next go. to my office. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
4: Noteworthy. Quick plug, Mike. Tell us quickly how long you've been in the business, and uh, just again, you know, really, just give us a little background about you, really quick, for the listeners.
5: Okay, my name is Mike, and uh, I run a small real estate team out of Keller Williams in Paso Robles called Seventh Level Real Estate. Um, been in the business for about 16 years, been with Keller Williams awesome.
2: for nine. You're a young dude to be doing real estate for 16 years. I,
5: I'm not that young.
2: I thought all real estate guys were like, it was a Season. second career, and they're mm-hmm. right now just semi-retired. no. No. Not for him. I, awesome.
5: I don't feel young anymore, if that helps you. I've
2: been doing loans for about as long as you've been doing real estate then, and um, I remember I I've, for years I said, too, there's kind of been a changing of the guard, and it's awesome to see that there are young people that are realizing early on that it's a career- Um, a legitimate career. You made a comment earlier about how somebody said at a wedding is like, oh, well, good luck for four years. That's funny. Um, Not not for us that work in this industry for real, and we're serious. And, And you touched on this before, but when you make a business and a career out of being in these real estate and financial services, not only is it very rewarding, but it's also, uh, I don't believe very cyclical. I mean, yeah, the market changes, and how you do what you do changes right. a little bit. But there's an awful lot of room to stay busy all the time if you're really providing value. So, anyway. yeah, I was almost 100%.
5: busiest when the market was falling. I was I was really busy, you know, from two th- thousand seven on, um, helping people get out get out of their homes they couldn't afford anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, I, I lost count, but we're, we're in the triple digits for, you know, short sales, you know, processing those. And that was a, mm-hmm. that was a big, a big niche. Right. You know, I'm I'm still working on one right now.
2: Yeah. You know, surprisingly enough. Yeah. Yeah. That is a trip. Um, tell me about that just for a second. How did, how did somebody, I mean, isn't it true that everywhere in our County is basically back to where it was? For the most part. So yeah, somebody just close. like ultimately bought at the Uber top and probably got value stretched enough or something. Like how do people still, they're still in that boat?
5: This one was uh, the people moved to the beach and started renting out their house in North County. And it it didn't go well from the start. They, they rented it to a friend who... Then had a new friend move in as a roommate, and then another roommate move in. And the original friend moved out. So they were stuck with these tenants that absolutely destroyed the house. Oh, no. They had finished remodeling it. It was absolutely beautiful. They tried to sell it um, in in the five hundred thousands, and it didn't quite sell. Mm -hmm. So they pulled the money out and bought the new house. I believe this is a story. Um, But I I know these tenants were in this house for seven years. And trashed it. I mean, how you take a chunk out of the front of your dishwasher and break every piece of granite countertop in the house, and I mean, it, it is bad, like I really yeah. bad. So now the house should be worth you know four hundred thousand, um, but you it's know, worth it, less because it, of its condition. Oh yeah, yeah, hmm. a lot less. I mean, it needs a hundred thousand dollars worth of work. Wild. And they, it all started out as a handshake deal. So there's. Not really a solid formal lease, and there was no deposit. Like well, just, no, uh, and your
2: deposit's probably not going to protect <laughs> you anyway, right?
5: Uh, at least it could buy you a new TV to make you feel better.
2: I don't know, but it, it, uh, <laughs> or a Yeti 110 iced down with some silver bullets. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so <laughs> that, that, <laughs> <I think laughs> that's
5: how you end up underwater. Is that case.
2: deal, um, to market yet? Yeah, we're negotiating with the bank. Okay. But, uh, as a would-be buyer, somebody that's looking to it want is, to buy that place. It is an escrow. It is? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. We had multiple offers on it the first week. Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of deals, I mean, if, if you're in the market with ability to fix something up like that, it seems like every, Mike, you can testify this to, every first time home buyer that comes in, we like run down, okay, this is what you can afford. This is what's out there. And then at some point they call you back and go, what if I found a fixer-upper, or a vacant lot and wanted to build a house. And I think yeah. it's just because of there's such limited inventory is that people are really trying to think of every possible option. First thing I say to those people is, good job, you've been reading.
4: But <laughs> and let, watching HGTV. Let's, let's explain how this process works. Yeah. Not easy for people to buy those types of homes, right, Mike? I mean, how often do they go into escrow? And It's then, all cash, right? This
5: one's got to be all cash. No. Uh, yeah. Well... <laughs> for the most part well, and you're not getting FHA financing on it's it. It's
4: smarter to do, right? But you could get a conventional home and style This is this is part of the loan. counsel
2: I give people that want that renovation type of loan is like, look, those deals get swooped up pretty quick around here because there's even contractors and guys that recognize that they can buy themselves a job, kind of get in there, do the work, mm-hmm. put in some sweat pay equity, yeah, pay their guys, and then be able to take it to market. And right now, it's pretty high level of confidence if you don't over way go over budget that you probably could get out of it with a little bit of profit. Um, you're running against that guy, too, right? Yeah. So, and that guy might even be all cash and so now, here you come, and you're like, "I'm gonna do a renovation loan." Um, Yeah, you're asking the seller basically to have an awful lot of patience with you as you're the the renovation loans, not a 30 day loan. So, Mm -mm. you know, Mm -mm. what are you going to be able to offer that's like going to have the the seller go, oh, sure, I'll hang around for 60 or 90 days for you, as opposed to this cash deal.
4: Homeowner, right? The seller's a bank, which is, I mean, even worse.
5: Well, the seller, the seller's still a homeowner.
4: Sure, but we're ta- we're negotiating the transaction of the purchase agreement with the bank, correct?
5: Correct. Yeah, yeah, they're accepting less of a payoff
4: on it. Yeah, so they're not really reading those cover letters. <laughs> let's say,
2: let's say I've, my I wife think, and I are.
5: Oh, from the buyer? Yeah, correct, yeah. Correct. correct. Yeah, that's they usually way want. In
2: the past, right. I think most people, when you get to the point where you need to sell short, one of the things you really want is resolution and relatively quick. You know, I I hundred percent agree.
5: I mean, there's a process. I mean, we had multiple offers on the property and it it's not always necessarily the highest price that you'll select in a situation like that. Interesting, yeah. there's, there's so many things you want to look at and you want to kind of guess where the bank is going to value the property at. Um, you also want to look at the type of buyer and because the transactions take three months, four months, you know, I've done them in upwards of a year a lot can happen with that buyer at that time. So you want to make sure that the the transaction is set up in a way that has some, you know, hooks the, hooks the buyer a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that buyer is going to be able to close mm-hmm. in that four months or three months later. Mm-hmm. So, and, and oftentimes, I'll be honest with you, we pick a lot of offers by history of the real estate agent that represents them. Because mm-hmm. that's the person that's going to, educate them and scare them on the process. Mm-hmm. And if they're filling their head with negativity or, you know, lack mm-hmm. of faith in, in the short sale, um, you can get a lot of buyers to go sideways. And so you yeah. really want to pick, well, sometimes we pick buyers offers by the agent that represents them because they're solid.
4: There's that wisdom of 16 years will bring you, you know, you can't, you can't always look at the buyer. You got to look at who's representing them in the transaction We kind of teased our listeners as we got, before Mike came on the show, about bubble talk. Jay, you were saying a a builder in North County was telling you that they wanted to sell, sell, sell because they were worried about a little bit of a bubble Yeah,
2: almost suggested, as this project is is hitting market right now, almost suggested, do what it takes to sell these fast. Did you get any idea of how many units he was offloading? How many... Build, I don't build. want to say that because then you're going to be able to narrow it down, and I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to deal with the the blowback let's say, of that. Let's say he was he or she, the builder,
4: was trying to put off 15 units in North County. You know, those would go. I would think 15 new homes, Mike. How fast would people want to make an offer on those right now?
5: I would probably lean towards the instantly. Kind of thing. Um, New construction is 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 hot. You know, Mm -hmm. people it draws people in. You can charge a premium for new construction just because it's new.
2: Yeah, you don't. I don't have to remodel. I don't have to paint. I'm gonna finance it. I don't have dirty carpet. Your dead skin isn't in my carpet. I hate that stuff. That's so gross. I'm getting concrete. He's a more. good candidate for new construction. Write that down. Yeah. Right. And, and if you're, and if he starts waffling a little bit, just start pointing out skin. Most, what is it? Like 80% of why, dust why is actually mic- dead skin. Why do you
4: have a microscope for this walkthrough? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so 15 units, he's going to get a lot of activity on those 15 units. And then those people that have to buy the 15
5: units, a handful of them are going to have to sell their house to get the new construction depending on what price range yeah right yeah i mean if they're the you know mid to uppers yeah they're probably going to have a house to sell
4: right so why would the builder be worried about a bubble i mean mike you tell me this why, i've been why we we have inventory levels where new construction mike said instantly popular way below what we need for our county as far as housing units new build why why would there be a bubble right now is it just because people are like, "Oh, we're back to those high prices from before"?
5: That's what we hear. We hear, "Well, who's buying these houses? They're they're back up to the peak levels. Uh, nobody can afford them." Um, mm-hmm. You know, but the the bubble is the bubble was caused by you know greed and speculation, is what I say, and that's not going on right now. There's no, I can fog a well, mirror and cert- get my loan right.
4: Certainly, greed is here, but yeah, mm-hmm. well, but yeah. Guess, there's yeah. no, there's no funky risky don't look over here look over here loans we'll get you cash today and
2: make you pay for it later so before we move on from the remark that you just made though about um you know affordability i want to talk about that um a little bit because the feds just raised rates last week short term yeah yeah and mortgage rates technically went down a little bit but that's not the part i want to talk about um, we saw some comments about um, basically what needs to happen to interest rates before the average person can afford the average home or not. Right? Um, one of the one of the things that was um, that I clipped and hung on to, and I did. I shared this on the radio last week, but I wanted to. Um, I just pulled it up right now because it's relevant to this conversation. But first, American chief economist Mark Fleming. Um, revealed some survey data and shows that mortgage rates would have to be significantly higher than they are today before there would be any measurable impact in a borrower's ability to qualify, and suggests that interest rates ultimately need to hit 5.4 um, percent before home buyers are will begin to decline to enter the home market, and yeah. so. No, there's a guy, first American. You got to wonder, oh, who's that company? Who's this guy? Does it mean much? Does not mean much to me or you? I don't know. Frankly, I don't really care. Um, Mike, talk about this for a second, and, and you too, Mike and Mike. Um, who's buying homes right now? Are these guys pulling up in Teslas? No. No. Who are they? It's I mean, think of your last three <clears throat> closed purchase transactions right now, who bought these homes? Tell me about the buyers, their professions and their income levels. I know you gotta rack I, your brain for a I, minute. Well, no, I don't know
5: their income levels. That would be, you know, they <laughs> yeah. don't, I, had I a, let Mike handle that.
4: I had a, a single gentleman, works for um, fire department in Royal Grande, paychecks, that's all he has for income, A little bit of savings, he scratched together his E-Trade account mom dad gave him a small gift. I got another borrowers out in LA County that two young couple put together their paychecks, bought a house with 5% down out in Pioneer Town, California. And most of them are going to be people that are don't have 20%
2: down and have just enough income to say, "Why am I renting?" Yeah. Why am I renting? I just pulled up the very last file that I funded happened to be last week. Um purchase for some first-time home buyers. Um, They bought a home. Let me look at the purchase price. They bought a home. Oh, they found a modest little home in Paso Robles for $390,000. So not not overly expensive. She, they both work. Um, She works as a social worker. And makes uh, about fifty thousand dollars a year, and then he works as an engineer, and likewise makes about fifty thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. So they could buy a house. Mm-hmm. Um, they're and they're. And by buy, the way, yeah. they bought about half that's of what their affordability exactly. was. Yeah, exactly. they bought pretty low for that's having combined income of a hundred grand a year. But that being said, um, my point is is that oftentimes these people that are buying homes right now, they're. Yeah, you probably have two jobs in the household, but they're these. We're not talking about the bar is not. You don't have to be making two hundred thousand dollars a year combined income to buy a house here in slow. You mean we we have people regularly that combined income is eighty to ninety thousand dollars a year, and they are able to find a house to buy in slow. Um. So anyway, so in slow proper, or slow county, county, yeah. I think that's a
4: clear delineation.
2: Yeah, you, you got to I mean, obviously San Luis Obispo is proper. You, you got to have a little bit but, more going on because the, what's the entry right now into slow? I mean, you get condos in the 400s and then. Yeah, but then you got an HOA of
4: 250. So you might as well buy a single family residence at 515.
2: Yeah. And that's probably about the the entry level p- p- price for a single family home, right? Correct. Somewhere in the low fives. Sure. You're talking Laguna Lake area, but
4: up in Paso and Natacadero, I've seen a lot more listings come out in the last two to three weeks. Some nicer homes, really nice. So I'm interested in seeing why those people are putting their six, six hundred thousand, seven hundred thousand dollar, you know, San Gregario Road, Del Rio Road, all that stuff up in the northern county is coming on the market now. Is it just people are getting older and they're downsizing, or is it people that are worried?
2: Mike?
5: Well, like you said earlier on the show, um, life happens, y- you know? I mean, it, how many people do you know that plunked down roots and stuck somewhere for 30 years? Yeah, my grandparents yeah, that's, did it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty rare these days. My parents didn't. You know, the, yeah. the average person uh, stays in their home seven to nine years now. So there's, you know, a lot of that. Yeah. That's not 30 years. No. Yeah.
2: Well, and people, like you said, life happens, but some of the specifics about what happens, though, is um, you'll have relocation from work. I mean, that's a big one. People coming and going because work moves them. You have growing family size, oftentimes, or a need. I mean, a couple of the clients that we're working with right now are um, parents are getting ready. To kind of move back in type of thing where they're, hey, you know, I'm trying to find this house that has a guest house out back so I can be able to help accommodate this. Mm -hmm. Or Mm -hmm. um, in some cases, one of the couples that I'm working with right now, they're going through a divorce. So they're selling their home and they're going to be, you know, basically trying to buy... Um, again, as individuals, as opposed to the married couple, so those are the kind of things some some of those people are selling for those reasons. The other thing that I was just going to suggest too is that that slightly higher end part of Atascadero, like where you're talking about homes from seven to nine hundred thousand, that's a um, that's a segment of the market that I think has only recently recovered in that part of Atascadero, and some of those people sat uh, kind of held cards for the last ten years because. They couldn't sell those seven hundred thousand dollars homes as the entry level homes were in the right. three hundred thousand range. Now that the entry level home in Atascadero is moving into the low to mid fours, it's starting to bring back the market of that move up buyer in the six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars range. Yeah. I think that's part of it. Yeah, we have a phone call here to take. Um, we mm-hmm. got we got George calling from Santa Margarita. George, welcome to Mortgage Matters. Well,
8: good morning. Good morning. You know, as as we all know, that you have to make certain sacrifices sometimes in order to get your first home, uh, and/or move up in the house housing market. But right. I can tell you uh, something very factual, because uh, my wife uh, owned a home there in the little town of Taft. Uh-huh. Uh, from Santa Margarita, it's uh, hour. It was an hour and a half door to door. And I know of people that commute from Morro Bay to teach over uh, near Taft. Wow. And it pays way better than San Luis Obispo District does, mm-hmm. or Santa Maria even. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, you can buy a home over there for under $100,000. Uh, the new homes are going for, like, uh, they're building some new houses that are a little over two hundred. Mm-hmm. And uh and, and the deal is people over there are making really good money. They're really paying nothing for their housing if they've been there a while. And they're buying homes over here on the coast cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, my suggestion would be to consider uh, maybe driving for a... Uh, couple years, and uh, investing in as many properties as you can, because right now the oil industry is in a slump. Uh, Pricing is good, when it comes back up, all those housing uh, prices are going to come back way up. And then you come over here and have, like, no mortgage, which makes living on the coast uh, uh, livable. I mean, we we who live here spend most of our time uh, paying for our homes, whereas the people that live over there come over here to play
3: right interesting point George. Uh,
8: just you know a, a, an option if you're willing to make the sacrifice and in travel in, in a few years
3: yeah right. i just wrote a pre-approval
4: letter yes george this is mike points uh really good points there thank you for making those i wrote a pre-approval letter yesterday for uh, a real estate owner and a teacher out of taft that are going to buy a house in uh, a royal grande right near the coast and you know, we sat down the first two weeks and said, look, we really have to prove to our underwriter that you're going to be able to make this drive. And he started rattling off, you know, half a dozen people that do it already. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. I think the other point that George made is that, you know, houses in other areas are a lot cheaper. But Mike, what would you say about, um, you know, the long-term gains on a property, on the coast versus long-term gains on a property on the in like the valley.
5: Well, I mean, if we talk in percentages, you know, eleven percent appreciation uh, here in San Luis County is going to you know provide you with more equity than it would you know over in the valley. Sure. Or something like that, you know.
2: Sure. I shared a story. Oh, it's probably a year ago now here on the show about people that were um, commuting from the Bay Area. You kind of grew up around there, so you're pretty well aware of the the ins and outs of traffic up there. Oh, it's ridiculous. The new trend was people um, working in the Bay and living in Las Vegas. They could, by way of the frequent flyer programs, reward credit cards and the like, can fly. um, It's a short flight. It's like an hour long flight and they could easily fly and be productive on the plane so they could sit down and start their work day and kind of get things together, hit the ground there, make it over into the office. Um, and it was so much more affordable that they could gain the wages of working in the city while living in you know, Las Vegas where they'd... I'd, it seems that Las Vegas is just in a constant building and growth cycle. I mean, for a while there, Las Vegas was one of the fastest growing cities in the United States. Have you and recently I can been, imagine it still is.
4: Have you recently been to Las Vegas outside of, you know, the casinos and the strip and the entertainment? Not
2: really. I mean... Yeah. I, I, when I go to Las Vegas, I generally am like, like most people. I drive in the 15 and then get in there and do whatever I'm going to do and don't really leave. But mm-hmm. the last time I flew in was two years ago. Mm-hmm. And in flying in, um, you know, and I drove in probably a year and a half ago. But I remember as I came over the hill into Vegas, the um, you could just see the streetlights of residential neighborhoods mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty impressive. Well, part of that's because it's real flat. But... Um... <laughs> I was there
4: recently exploring the market, lots of new builds, lots of commercial buildings, you know, changing hands for sale Um, and not really any sign of, you know, phenomenal wealth there, just your average people, but just houses going in boom, 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 boom.
3: I was actually in Las Vegas about six months ago and just, it seemed like a lot of new infrastructure, like bridges and things like that in the highways and just. That's a good point. Yeah, Yeah. I'd agree with that yeah um, and just the, the strip is constantly changing, but once you get out of the strip, I don't know. yeah I don't know. Um, All in the same, you know,
4: you've got as we get ready here to take a break at the top of the hour, I want to make sure people know that that um, Mike's gonna be here for the next half an hour. I want to get into some other questions with you, Mike, about um, you know things that happen in a transaction that can slow down, you know how people set up for disclosures when they're listing their house what they should be aware of and all those things so right when we get back from this break i'd like for you to just give us some education on that and okay hopefully as we get back jim will have another great song for us so stick around get yourself some butter in I'll that find coffee <laughs> there's a lot of songs about las vegas all right, right? And get, ready. get some there, brain food we'll be back in just a bit stick around for more mortgage
0: matters
3: that's ready to burn, so get those stakes of fire. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care, and I'm just a devil with no smell. So Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las
6: Vegas! How oh, I wish that there were
3: more than a the king. The Viva Las Vegas! Viva
4: if I can think of a better place to have a good time with my style of entertainment
3: needs. Than with Elvis?
4: Than with Elvis and those girls on stage. No, with, at, at Las Vegas.
3: Jason, Jason can't see the screen here. It's actually oh, okay. from Viva Las Vegas, the movie.
4: I, When I wake up in the morning in Vegas, I'm like a kid at Disneyland.
2: Do you sleep in Vegas? Yeah, that's four hours. You gotta sleep. <laughs> I love Las Vegas. I really do. I don't know do. why. It's just like, like someone
4: it. someone sat down one day and said, hey, wait a minute. Why don't we create a place where adults
2: can go have fun? Disneyland
4: for adults. Yeah.
2: I just think it's great how. It's just fantastic.
4: Um, you got great food. You got great gambling. And now that cigarettes world, are so
2: much less prominent than they used to be. Now you can actually like go do things in Las Vegas without feeling like you're smoking three packs a day. You can't find better oxygen than in those casinos. But the shows, yeah, shows, shopping, meals, people watching. I mean, people watching is the best in Las Vegas. It'll beat your. It'll beat LAX. Yep, guaranteed. (laughs) God guarantee it. (laughs) All right, we got a question. We
6: got a call here. Want to take the call first?
2: Yeah, let's do that. Love it. Uh, we got David on the line here from Morro Bay. Morning, welcome to Mortgage Matters.
6: Morning, guys. So I have a question for you about the house. I bought this house here in town in Morro Bay about two years ago, and it's a the owner carried it. It's um, I've got a balloon due at the end of ten years. Uh-huh. Bought the house for three hundred. Hmm. I put seventy five down on it. Okay. I've got four uh, percent. And it's a 20-year amortization on the payment. Okay. And a couple of people have said, you know, you need to think about refining and getting away from the owner-carrying thing. But mm-hmm. I keep looking at everything on paper and where everything is going to be, you know, when it comes closer time to the for the balloon, which is still eight years away. Mm-hmm. And I can't see any reason for me to do that. Can you?
2: Uh. Y- yeah, I'll I'll take a stab at it. First of all, do you have any kind of a prepayment penalty agreement in that um, option with that uh, seller carry? Great question. No. Okay. No. So that being said, I mean, ultimately, what you're describing right now, I mean, it sounds like you got a ton of equity in this place, right? I mean, you got a good deal on it. You put some down payment on it. Um, how big is this home?
6: Uh, Two thousand exactly.
2: Okay, and um, is it? Is, what size is the lot that it's on?
6: Uh, 60 by 40.
2: Okay. So it sounds like it's one of the, the um, kind of standard North, North, North Morro Bay? Yes. Okay. Um, so, yeah, here's the deal. I mean, first of all, you've got um, – you could get a 20-year loan today uh, for right about the same rate as what you're doing with that seller. It's going to be about 4% for a 20-year fix, Okay. Um, if you could muster up the ability to get down into a 15 year, that's where you could get interest rate that's going to be closer, you know, three and a quarter, three and three eighths, something like that. Um, so there could be some benefit of doing that. That probably bumps the payment up a little bit, though. You have lower interest; you're going to be on a slightly less amortization, and, and if you can afford it, that might be a good thing to do. But here's the deal: um, let's just say you ride out. Two, three, four, five, six, however many years as you head into this period, where now you've got this deal with the seller, where there's probably going to be a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, 100, $120,000, hundred and twenty—I don't know what it's yep. going to be—that you're one twenty-one, yeah, one twenty-one that you're going yeah, to end up owing the seller at that point. Um, if you've got the cash to just buck up and pay that thing off, like you um, would need to, then. You know, that that obviously kind of puts you on a different line of motivation. But basically, if you go into institutional financing today, where you could get the same terms, um, why wouldn't you want that added security without really what is any extra cost? I mean you you might end up paying title and escrow fees. So maybe it costs you 2,000 bucks or something to get into a 20-year loan. And by the way, we could do a 20-year loan for you and set it up with an 18-year repayment plan so that you're... Um, kind of having the same amortization and end date in mind. But basically, you would buy out needing to do anything. And, you know, I always like to think you, you like those commercials where um, somebody says, well, if I could talk to the younger me or whatever, um, the U8 years from now, it's looking back on, why didn't you get this thing fixed by the entire security of this thing at 4% for its whole life? rather than play this game where in the midpoint you're suffering you know what if the the current interest rate there is six percent you know and then of course we have no idea what it is going to be in in eight years the current interest rate might be three percent again um you know so anyway i i feel like you're in a position obviously what you have is working and um you know, there's there's sort of a an end date where things could get a little bit dicey for you. Um, if you've got good resolution to it, then that helps you sleep at night. But right now, this might be your last opportunity to get the the same or better terms and not have any sort of um, event where this thing needs to be paid or needs to be refinanced. Okay. All right.
6: Well, that clears it up quite a bit. I understand your point. That makes it a lot clearer.
2: So here's the deal, too, by the way, is if you want to do this, you could, you know, like, here you go. It's Saturday. You're listening to the radio. So I hope you're having a nice, relaxing day. But you could go onto the website and fill out a loan application um, and just say, I'm the guy that called. Um, about the you know the twenty year seller carry deal and um, send me some options and then what we can do is prepare a few different options for you on Monday morning that are like hey well here's what a fifteen year looks like here's what a twenty year looks like there's options to have um, no closing costs you can kind of play with the rate a little bit to to manipulate the cost of the transaction and basically what we'll do is just send you that information for you to ponder. Um, Our company, we're not the hound you with the follow-up type of people ever. So what we really want to do is provide you with the information so that you can kind of put some math to this and and try to make your your best decision eyes wide open of what's right for you, whether or not we end up doing a transaction with you. Um, Just kind of food for thought.
6: No, I appreciate the show. I have one other question. Sure. Why Why would I not? Just out of curiosity, why wouldn't I take it out over 30 years and just drop my payment and be content with 30 years?
2: You know, uh, because you're going to make the banks real rich. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah, interest cost goes up a lot. I mean, you know, we pay 25% of the interest over a loan in the first five-year period. Mm -hmm. Um, If you look at the full total of payments on a 20-year loan versus a 30-year loan, the interest part of that, it goes up amazingly. I mean, it's it's impressive how expensive it is to run over 30 years. That being said, it unfortunately is the necessity for most people. So if you're in a position where you can afford a shorter amortization, um, generally it's a good idea to do that. And then the other thing that I was going to say about that is that for most of us, Um, most of us are wired up now to believe that paying off our home is a good thing. And it's a goal that most of us have. Um, and for most of us, this is also going to be one of the times where retirement is either most likely or most comfortable for us is if we don't have a house payment anymore. And so I think that that's probably really the deal is right now you're on a path to pay your home off 10 years sooner than you would be if you did a 30 year loan, um, but you know, that being said, if you want to look at the 30 year options as well, mm-hmm. um, there's always, it's, it's amazing to me how, um, there's things are priorities and, um, just situations are so different for different people that there's really not a one size fits all. And, um, and I do for the sake of just, being complete, like to look at all of those options for you. And then, you know, you kind of see what they do. And then again, I mean, we haven't talked about your income or your assets or those things that might kind of shift how I might advise you as we were going through those options. Um, But um, for your benefit and everybody else listening, this is a great opportunity to do what I call just getting a checkup. Hey, I've got this loan. I'm okay with it. I think these things are likely to be the case going forward. But what else is out there? And when you're talking to somebody like us, where we've we're experts at this and we have access to every program and we think about this day in and day out, we chances are we're gonna have some insight that the average consumer just isn't gonna have. And like I said, it's a no pressure thing. I'm gonna I wanna provide you with your options help kind of get you to the point where you can make a good decision and then um, just go with it.
4: Hey, David. David, this is Mike. This is Mike, Mike the lender, not Mike, the real estate agent here. <laughs> I got another question for you just for food for thought since we're brainstorming here. Um, you're at a very peculiar time in ownership for this. You've lived in it for two years now. What's your goal with the property?
6: You want to live I'm going to not, you know, it's, it's set up to where I can rent out one floor and live in a different floor. Ah. And I'm probably going to end up doing that later on. I don't need to right now, Mm -hmm. but I'm 50. So I have no intention, you know, I'm two blocks from the beach. I have no intention of going anywhere. Okay. Very good. So that's it.
2: Yeah. And so if, you know, again, we'll go more into this once we can kind of get one on one with you. But if I'm looking at this from a standpoint of like, if you, if you maybe intend for this to be your forever home, um, what does retirement look like for you 15 years from now? And, and if that means we're renting out the down floor to supplement income so that we don't need to work, um, and then maybe doing a 30-year loan is the right thing to do, and then here's the curve. We do a 30-year loan so that your worst case scenario is a really low monthly nut. In fact, it's the lowest possible monthly nut. And then we give you the 20-year amortization payment that you can take away and begin making or the 18-year, whatever it is, so you can make good headway at that as long as you're working and that's the case. And then once you sort of plug the tenant in cut back on working you default back to the 30 year payment um that gives you the kind of the best of all worlds that's that's one of those approaches that i think when when we get to be able to sit down and find out what all of the ins and outs are of you and your priorities and your likely future and, and kind of craft an idea that might work the best for you so um okay Cool. David, thanks a bunch for calling. Uh, that's a beautiful call. It gives us an opportunity to to kind of shift gears on the, the conversation a little bit and kind of, again, reiterate some way that we add value that is hard to just um, show off here. So I appreciate that. You, you lobbed us a softball for sure. Thanks. I appreciate you guys. All right. Thank you. Have a good one. Um, let's do a commercial break so that we can kind of get back and do a, another segment here. I, I know you... We started this by wanting to kind of bang this phone call out first, but I have some questions for you, Mike. We also, um, at our lunch the other day, you mentioned um, San Luis Obispo proper has some um, challenges on the horizon for would-be sellers that are kind of an interesting thing. And so um, I want to talk about that a little bit. But uh, anyways, guys, let's let's do a commercial break. We'll be out for just a couple minutes here, and then we'll be back uh, with another segment of Mortgage Matters.
0: Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543 8830 or 800 549 5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. There's a common myth
2: that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero-down and low-down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre-approved.
0: Just call 543
2: loan. Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender.
5: California BRE number 01839608. California DBO number 6054783. NMLS number 328358.
2: the mortgage experts on the Central Coast.
6: Central Coast Lending.
0: You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show.
6: Across the bay,
3: a lady waits to hold me tight. My boat and now ready to set sail If the weather keeps on holding And the wind is right I'll be wrapped up in my sweet one's arms tonight And we will sail away hey, On the wings of love into the night Gotta love the Oprah's boy Cast out our fortunes on the sea then we will go to sleep together. I don't know. Just the we'll last call there from Moral Bay just kind of brought by the Moral Bay lifestyle, you know? Life yeah. Indeed.
2: Indeed you it's the
4: easy kind of. could have you know, gone with Jimmy Buffett too, but this is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Did you see that Jimmy Buffett started a retirement community, Margaritaville, now? Margaritaville. for oh, all the Parrotheads so awesome. that want to like retire yeah, in style? Just, of course, it's in <laughs> Florida, yeah. but it's like a whole Jimmy Buffett themed yeah. Margaritaville about, retirement. Yeah. How about yeah. that guy
4: creating a life plan
2: and just doing it? Dude? There's
4: called there's like a, man, I'm you know, into the, it. The, the restaurant. I'll tell you
2: what. I have a new goal now. Is I'm going to retire there. Like when I when I'm yeah. I mean I want to retire and, and live outside of that environment <laughs> for a while. But when I'm ready for. Like a assisted living community, that's where I'm going. There's oh, even a yeah. the cheeseburger, cheeseburger
3: in Paradise yeah. restaurant. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean this is
2: great. That's where I'm. Flip flop <laughs> retail
4: stores all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's,
2: Beautiful.
3: He's best known for Margaritaville, but he's made so much money off just the Margaritaville thing.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And When we go to Vegas, uh, there uh, you can go play cards at the Jimmy Buffett. They play the music. All the time, get yeah. a margarita. It's a it's a Amazing. fun little spot. Yeah. Yep. Like parrots hanging in the window.
4: <laughs> so yeah, speaking of of Margaritaville, let's say you wanna. Well, Mike, we had a caller just call in, and, and I think Jason covered that really well. But we wanted to get you to tell us a little bit more about um, a this situation in San Luis that you mentioned at lunch that, that could be a potential issue, some ordinance issues. And then I'd love to hear how, in addition to all that hubbub, you help people set up to list their house, you know, the right way, the smooth way.
5: True. there There is a right way and a wrong way to go about it. And uh, first off, I want to say congratulations to, to that guy because <laughs> he found the deal. I don't know what the situation was, but he's in it right. And... My hat's off to him because everybody in this room wants that deal. Yeah. That's pretty good. Salute to you, David. Yeah, yeah. Um, so w- there is a difference between the right way and the wrong way. And and I guess it, it kind of comes down to, you know, finding a professional that, you know, this is their only gig, so mm-hmm. to speak. You know, they're, they're in it and they love it because um, – you find out things that way versus someone who maybe has a home office and is just a single person mm-hmm. you know isn't surrounded by you know news and the and data everything kind of going around because you can, you can hide in your your home office and sure. you, you know three years later the markets changed and you really didn't know what was going on. Colleagues help a lot in, in what you
4: do. I imagine their ability to say, hey, I've got this coming on the market. Oh yeah, all the
5: time. All you, the, I can't tell you how many times, uh, you know, I found a property for a buyer just filling up my water back by you know in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Or an agent comes by and goes, "Hey, I just listed this property. It's coming on next week. You got anybody for it?" I mean that happens all the time.
4: Pre-listing sales are the way to go.
5: Yeah, yeah,
4: I would think. So what do you what do you prep them? Because here's what happens most times when we find someone that does it the wrong way. So our borrowers wanna buy that house that was listed the wrong way and right dab smack in the middle of the escrow, certain things come up about the property that the appraiser either brings up or the home inspector brings up. And now we've got a situation, not only where the borrower is like, eesh, I gotta live with that, but also our bank is saying, um, we need you to fix that before we lend half a million bucks.
5: Yeah, so. th- th- that happens all the time. if. If you, you get surprised. Now, there's absolutely no way to completely avoid surprises in a transaction, but there's definitely ways to minimize them. Certainly and, manage and, and, them. Yeah, manage them um, and and find solutions to them before you even you know come across them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I always tell a buyer when they're looking at where they're going to put their Christmas tree and which kid gets which room. I'm looking at the house in itself and figuring out how can I make this transaction as smooth as possible? How can I set up the, the offer and the terms to avoid any sort of pitfalls that would surprise anybody and mainly cost people money. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, in, we have this listing in San Louis, um, right now, and this is how I kind of came across some of the things that, that are going on in San Louis right now. Um, and luckily we have great buyer a great buyer's agent on it. So there's no crazy people involved. Mm -hmm. Um, So what's, what's going on is a lot of the city sewer system in San Luis Obispo is really old. Okay. Really old. So this home happens to be over in the Laguna area built in the sixties. So what, what kind of materials did they put in their sewer mains? You know, they're all using clay and galvanized. I was going to
2: say it was clay. Yeah. Orangeburg. Yeah. Okay. So that that, terracotta looking pipe,
5: right? Yeah. And it, it doesn't last long, you know? So I think they have a 50 year lifespan on that. So, um, we're well over 50 years on this house and, uh, buyer did the scope and found out that the whole sewer line was just completely destroyed. And all the sewer is just kind of running through the dirt. Luckily the dirt hasn't collapsed and there's some roots in there. And you know, the tenant in the house has not had a problem yet. So this kind of was a little bit of a surprise. Um, so getting to talk with the plumber and in the whole bit, found out that um, this has been an issue that's in with the city right now. And and um, a while ago, the city kind of knew what was going on. So they stopped making a portion of the, the sewer lines the city's liability, right? From the right. curb to the middle of the street where it hooks up. You know, most, most cities, you know, that's the city's responsibility. Um, They took that away in San Luis a while ago, so it makes it almost double the price to fix this sewer line for a homeowner. Mm -hmm. Um, So, And they are working on making the sewer line inspection a mandatory uh, due-on-sale kind of inspection. Someone's got to sign off on this before these things change hands. It's kind of similar to um, low-flow showerheads okay things like that you know like in the city of Rio Grande you have to have a plumber sign off mm-hmm. on your your plumbing fixtures you know
4: sure sure so i guess what you're saying is that this is a problem between the current homeowner and the city of San Luis Obispo it's not a mandatory thing that people usually scope the plumbing like that doesn't happen
5: it, no they unless you have a problem they you know usually right. these things kind of go undiscovered but home now
4: inspector it... doesn't typically do a a sewage line scope. No. Okay. No.
2: That'd be an add-on. It's probably not a bad idea. Not a huh? bad idea. I not. mean, if because what we were talking about the other day is it can be six to fifteen thousand bucks maybe to have to replace that if you needed to go the whole way. Yeah, the most recent bid we got is almost twelve thousand bucks. See. So and what did what did the scoping cost? By the way, do you have an idea what that is? A couple well, it's hundred like bucks? bucks. Yeah, it's, so it, the
5: scoping is not expensive.
2: You almost got to think now. Yep. On a home of that age, mm-hmm. it's it's probably worth throwing that in the mix of the inspections that you're going to do to take a look at the main and make sure that it connects without issue uh, before you end up. One of my buddies bought a home in San Luis Obispo, um, not an old home. It's only like twenty two or five years old. Um, but he found out recently that there's tree roots that have destroyed his main and um, it's it like they need to dig out a lot, including part of the city street. And it's going to be very expensive. And um, I mean, I don't think he regrets buying the house because he bought it four years ago for a song and now he's pretty pumped about it. But now there's this issue that's solely his and he probably could have <laughs> negotiated for it if he was aware of it. Because those roots didn't happen in the last four years; they've been going on for a
4: while. One example: we've got Brent calling in from Morro Bay. He wants to comment on the topic. Hey, Brent, thanks for
9: calling in Mortgage Matters. How are you guys doing? Doing real good. Good, thanks. I'm one of the probably the premier guys doing sewer lateral replacements throughout the county and San Luis especially. And one thing I was going to put to note is San Luis right now writing a program and ordinance that every house that sells will have to have their sewer uh, tested, and never it, it actually probably replaced, yeah. which is tune about you know they're talking about the 350 uh, houses a year that sell in Saint Louis, and they're, uh what it is is it started in Berkeley is uh, one of the major problems with these sewer lines. Even if they work good and they have the roots and the clay, is I and I where water actually is leaking into the sewer system. And mm-hmm. St. Louis has a huge problem with I and I with every time it rains the sewer plant just gets deluged. So uh, Berkeley got to cease and desist to start replacing sewers. St. Louis is gonna be ahead of the curve and they're gonna require scoping and or you have to prove that your sewer uh, makes code yeah. and it almost invariably even though if it looks good, there's isn't even tree roots, they're going to say no. You, we want a you know an actual uh, water test mm-hmm. uh, to show that it makes. So it almost is going to be that every house has to have a repl- Every house that's sold, you know, in your world is going to have you know new new sewer replaced. And because uh, uh, they're claiming about forty percent of I and I in the city is from laterals. Okay, and, but they go. I think a standard sewer. I'd get about eighty eight hundred bucks for a standard sewer. Five to six foot deep, and it's really about the depth at the main is where the costs either rise or lower. Yeah. And you look at it depth at about you know ten a ten foot deep sewer is going to be about ten thousand bucks. You know to be up to twelve thousand bucks, that be, ought to be a pretty deep sewer. But we aren't digging them up. We're digging at the house and at the main, and then pulling a new uh, HTP line through the old one using like a pilot hole and replacing it that way. So you're not having to dig everything up. You just end up with a little four-by-five hole in the street and then a little two-by-two two hole at the house and then you pull a new line through it.
4: So, Brent, you get called out. How long does it usually take you to prep and get get a job like this done? Seven to ten days?
9: No, hell not. Uh, it, it's mainly the, you, let's say somebody, because I got them. In fact, I had one the other day where it was a, some old people in Cayucas and their sewer failed. And so here you get this you know, 90-year-old guy with a stroke and he's got a porta potty in his front yard Mm -hmm. and you know i call it takes two days to get the usa in go down and get the permit um it's in essence a two-day project but the plumbing is the plumbing is okay the first day that you do it and so within three days you can you know all goes well three or four days you can have it up and running and then you got to fall out to the slurry backfill dries and then you pave it the following day so we, we're we pretty efficient on those things. We do them, you know, in about two days. You know, it's an expensive process, and then, you know, of course, in the pulling the line. But, um, I think it's, you know, it's going to become mandatory that every place sold is going it for San Luis, and that'll probably grow throughout the county. Um, most communities in this county over infrastructure that you're talking about, um, it's going to be, you know, you're going to replace every time you sell. And I don't know how sales going to tag that. I'm curious about that, but that's the order They're writing at this time, and it does make sense, as you guys are saying, to do it regardless, have it scoped regardless. But I think they're going, you know, a step above that, you know, more that, okay, hey, it looks good, but is it, you know, is it actually good? Does it actually hold water, hold pressure?
2: Brian, thanks so much for calling in. Really, I'm curious, really real quick, before oh. we let you go. Um, sure,
9: any questions? Because I mean, this is what I do. Yeah. How
2: much does we, it cost, and and what's the turn time on getting that scope done?
9: Scope. I have a uh, scope. As you call, you can have that scope that day. I mean, okay. That scoping is 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 you know not that not that big of a deal. I you know you know it's like you say it's a couple hundred bucks, that two hundred forty bucks, something like that. Come down and and scope it. But I mean, you know. If, uh you know San Luis used to do it for free but then they held it back. Some like Cayucos, the they uh sanitary trick will come out and scope yours, uh more not so much. And uh, uh you know San Luis used to have a, a sewer replacement program where they actually had budgets and they helped the homeowners, you know, in fighting R and I and I and they had a rebate for replacing your sewer and they uh, as well as a Waive the permit fees, mm. um, which was quite the savings—about two thousand dollars in savings. They've budget-wise quit doing that about I don't know four years ago. But if you know, if um, you know, if they're going to uh, reap the benefits, you know, the realtors politic for at least getting the uh, uh, encroachment permit waived, which is about twelve hundred bucks of the price of the job. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be, you know, quite a boon for homeowners if they're going to be doing, you know, let's say four hundred sewers a year. You know, if that's ten grand, that's four million bucks a sewer. You know, I'm licking, licking my chops.
6: Yeah.
9: <laughs> but any, it, you know, yeah, but any other question? It's not, it is not very intrusive. Nobody has to move out. I mean, you know, we do them while the people are living there. You just say, hey, don't flush for a few minutes because the actual once you everything get everything prepped and ready the actual pulling the line and connecting it is only a couple hour project. Huh. So I mean it's That's not really very cool. not very intrusive in that respect.
2: Sounds like it's a good time to to start getting into that business not that you want more competition but sounds like your heyday is coming.
9: Well, I don't know if there you know it's, it's not a big competition I and mean, I work for a lot of different plumbers and I I'm the guy that does the digging out in the in the in the street. I see. And there's not a lot of guys that specialize in that part of it and plus over the years we've, we've you know we've gotten darn efficient at it you know like i said you know used to be a three or four deal a day deal now we've got it down it's a two-day deal You know,
4: mm-hmm. brent thanks so Get much out. for calling in real good calling appreciate, appreciate the contribution
5: yeah thank, thank you talk to you guys bye yeah so see you can see he just kind of confirmed from the source what's going on at san Luis and and uh, in this rain, nobody was really talking about it, but the uh, city sewer was well over 100 percent capacity because you know the tops of those lines were just soaking in water, mm-hmm. flooding the sewer system. Mm-hmm. So, uh, San Luis is doing yeah, what it all takes over to the protect
2: that. all over the North County for everybody that was on septic. I mean, there I heard just tale after tale of people whose septic fields were just saturated, inundated with water, not working, and. I, I felt compelled to say that if you live in the North County on a septic system, um, almost all of the houses that transact on septic, you get a septic cert where they come out and, and test it and check it and <clears throat> kind of certify that it's good. Um, so, But it's one of those things where, for whatever reason, it's not that common on um, you know residents hooked to the sewer and slow. It's sort of like, well, everything works, must be good. And then, yeah. you know, so if you're it just basically it's time to have a, a heightened awareness of that and start to to recognize that there's there's potentials there. I mean, things are changing now. We need to we need to be more on top of this.
5: Yeah. And, and that's one of the things I, I recommend to uh, almost all of our home sellers is is do the inspections up front. Now, I know it's typically please. please. Yeah. Typically, it's a buyer cost to do a home inspection. But I really think spending the $450, $500 to know exactly what you're selling up front, and then it completely removes that second negotiation two weeks into your escrow. Mm -hmm. Um, It Mm -hmm. really bulletproofs that transaction. So when you do get an offer, you know there's not going to be any surprises, and it's the offer of the condition it is.
2: As somebody that just sold and bought a home, I got to tell you that that Component of it was something I was not anticipating on either side. That secondary negotiation and the agents that bought my house really used it as a second negotiation. And the 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 bummer about it was is that you know I was already in another transaction and and actively making the everything I needed to do to move my family, and um, which by the way is incredibly stressful and um and so i really felt like i was kind of over a barrel then with this request for repairs and you know i i'd done my homework i knew what was likely to pop up but the the just the idea i mean it seemed that the motivation was to make this grounds for a secondary negotiation and i just i just wasn't mentally and emotionally prepared for that and and to be honest with you some
5: really aggressive agents use that as a strategy. Cause if you're in a multiple offer situation and you're dealing with buy, you know, you're competing with other buyers, it's like, Hey, let's overbid for this house, knowing that we're going to tie it up. They're not going to be able to sell to any other buyers. Mm-hmm. This house is ours, but we're going to go in two weeks later at the last possible minute, the seller's. Already purchased another home. They're looking to make their move. They're tied in. They feel like they're kind of backed into the corner. Now we're going to hammer on them and ask for a whole bunch of stuff or ask to lower the price. And and a lot of people will do that knowing day one that's what they're going to do. That they're not going to strong. stick at it's that original, original price. Position.
4: It's a strong position.
2: It is. But you know what? At the end of it, you know, and for me, like I work in this industry and I just kind of went, huh, I get it. I see what you did there, <laughs> noted, you know, and going for, I mean, in truth be told, I'm not sure I really could have done anything differently, you know, like I said, I, I, I had an idea of what was going on and I don't know, at the end of the day, it, it felt like for that agent, he was really, and whether it came from his buyers or was his strategy to begin with, I don't know what it was, but. Good for them. You know, they did a good job. They fought a hard fight, and they they made more ground than they probably um, would have if I, you know, felt that I had more ground to fight from on my side. And you know, because at the end of the day, too, there's this other component where you feel like you want to you want to do right by people. You know, you want to you 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 want to know that you're like handing over because this was my home. You know, my We raise our kids for some period in there, and it was we hope that the people that take it love it as much as we do, and you know. But that's kind of one of the bummers is then that part sort of muddies the waters. Yeah, it's It's like like, why does it
5: have to be a fight? Why can't it be a win-win from the beginning? You know why? Because like you said, you're gonna you're gonna have that part of the transaction where it's just sour. Yeah, and that's the part that sticks with you. And when I bought
2: the house years before. Um, we bought it, uh, and it was so well done on all sides that we maintained a good relationship with the sellers. And so for years we called them and said, Oh man, your, your FedEx showed up and, um, you know, or, Hey, I'm having this issue with the irrigation thing. Did you guys ever have this? And you know, and they'd say, "Oh no, we'll come by and show you what to do about that." And felt like there was because of the way that it was handled, there was always this really open, you know, good communication. Whereas when you don't handle it like that, now it's sort of like, "Man, I'm not interested in helping you." You you know, you ran you ran me over the coals when you knew you could, and that that stings a little. I'm waiting for this
4: moment when you said, "Please, yeah." (laughs) I'm now going to unequivocally say no.
5: Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's, it's really what we strive to avoid. Right. You know, in the whole thing.
4: I, I think another great thing that you do, Mike, I've done this with you in transactions before is you say, Hey, look, I mean, you're aware of what goes on on our side of the table and you say, Hey, look, the appraiser's is going to point this or this out because we're, we're taking a deal from a VA borrower, you know, or sure. we're taking a FHA deal. Um, great deal great young family they don't have money let's not knock them or on the other side we got a veteran I mean this guy went to war to protect our country we want to accept his offer but this transaction is going to have a couple things seller that you have to do because of the way lending works like
5: yeah you know, and if that that expectation is type set issues. up front yeah. if the the contract is written appropriately you know you avoid all those little unexpected surprises. Sure, but like, yeah,
4: I,
2: I just think it's it's prudent to to set up. Now, yeah, I want to ask real quick. I mean, it's probably not very professional to I me. Mean, do you need to leave right now? No. Okay. So I want to keep you on really through the remainder of the show because I feel like there's agreed a That's little a bit good thing. There's a little bit more to talk about here. Is, um, yeah, anyway, let's do the final commercial break of the show. When we get back, um, we'll have a little bit more conversation before we wrap this thing up. So stick around for a little bit more Mortgage Matters.
0: To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KBEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors.
6: We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call call 543-LOAN. We're the
2: mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
3: Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso Robles, Morro Bay, Atascadero, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande.
2: I think "Any Better" was inspired by John Cougar. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's like, I need to read the lyrics to learn them. Then I can sing with you. (laughs)
3: Talking about all those pink houses available for veterans, right? Is that what we're going to talk about now or something? Yes, sir. Maybe. Yeah. Heroes.
5: I'm going to have to come back and have you play music that I recognize. And okay. I want to sing along with them. But <laughs> i that America. I, I don't know these ones. I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. Guess. That's no, okay. Nice mullet. That's what my <laughs> hair looked like
4: in fourth grade. Did you have a mullet? Oh, yeah, baby. I was a goalkeeper and I had a mullet. I'll send you the picture. I'm a Whoa. classic rocker. They all know
3: it. Right on. Are, and yeah. classic country, too. Yeah, but I'm more a rocker classic.
2: Country. Through and through.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah, pretty much at a John Cougar Mellencamp, Camp, the whole song, your lower lip is like tucked into your top teeth because it's just like those great <laughs> riffs the whole time all
3: right you know
4: uh, what i'm talking about right? i do send me a I list do. of
3: songs that are contemporary we'll have you too. back mike for sure for mike. he won't play anything we'll contemporary you mike. we'll play pantera or something like <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just gotta watch the we just got the problem yeah. with the, some of the new ones is um some of the language you can't use language yeah yeah, yeah.
2: language warning all right yeah. I want to roll us back into one of the places where we started today's show. Um, It's always nice to kind of come full circle and and end where you started. Um, Good radio. One of the things we talked about was this idea of the bubble. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so there's bubble talk. We can't all agree about where the market's headed. And to me, uh, it seems so painfully obvious where all the indicators are that this shortage is nothing new and it isn't going away anytime soon, and especially here in San Luis Obispo County for reasons we talked about earlier. People want to commute here. If you're willing to work there and drive here and spend 15, 22, 25 hours a week in the car to live here and you, people want to buy here and they want to be here because this is paradise, right? We We pay that paradise tax. But anyway, going back to it, hmm. there's all kinds of reasons why we got supply side problems and you want to talk the bubble talk or not which side of the fence you're on i don't really care tell us mike what does it matter if you own a house in the market today unless you plan to not own a house anymore you're in it right You're you're staked
5: in the market absolutely correct and and what's funny is i had a lot of this bubble talk on on uh our, our monthly webinars that we do uh, for the market update, I mean, you could check out the YouTube channel and check out some of the old ones, but we talk specifically about the bubble and the supply and demand and, and how we're not going to be popping sure. like we did before. But um, if you are selling a house and buying a house in that same market, it it's relative. You know, whether, unless you're planning on selling at the top of the market, riding out the bottom of that curve and buying at the bottom Mm -hmm. market, going to rent or whatever and, and, and not taking into account the cost that it's going to, you're going to rent over that course of time. Mm -hmm. If you're buying in the same market at the same time, it's really all relative. It, It all comes to down to what you want, what your lifestyle is and, and where you're at at that current point in time.
2: I had a I had a few moments of soul search in this because I sold my house and bought a new house just a couple months ago and um I wor- I worried a little bit about that. Like as you you know, as you go through the cycle of of all of the thoughts and emotions and being as deductive as you can. I thought about that and I thought, "Well, what if this is it?" And I'm you know, but then I'm go, "Well, here's what happened is I Would have sold this house at the peak, and then I bought this house at the peak, so technically I just transferred the chips from that basket to this one, and if the market's going to go through a correction, I refuse to believe there's a bubble. But let's say it corrects where values are stable to declining, maybe. I mean, I'll indulge your fantasy, you bubble-popping people. But I will agree with you, we are going
5: through a shift. It's not a
2: bottom dropping out. yeah.
5: The market is indeed shifting, but not in the way it did in 07.
2: And it needs to go stable or declining slightly or whatever. Maybe it just doesn't appreciate. For 10 years, let's say that for sake of argument, then I'm going to ride out that 10-year thing because I'm going to be in the county here for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I'm a homeowner. I was before I am now. I will be in 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I'm staked in the market. And so basically, I I was able to get over that hump by thinking, well, I was either going to ride it out in the house I own or the house I want. And the motivating factors for me moving to the house that I moved to was it had the attributes that my then house was missing. And so I thought, man, no matter what happens, I'm staked in the local housing market up, down, or sideways. I'm a part of it already, and I may as well. If if the market is going to stabilize or correct or do whatever it's going to do, I may as well be riding it out in the home that meets my desire. Right? That you said it right there. I mean, you hit it on the head. You know,
5: unless you need to sell and move somewhere else, and even then, you can you can take a look at the market in the 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 past of that significant that market. You know, you can find the trends of what it did in the past. If you're moving to like Seattle or Albuquerque or somewhere else, you know, outside of this area, you can kind of take a look at, well, what is, what did that do in the past? Sure. You know, and kind of compare that to your, you know, appreciation rate right here, appreciation rate right there, whatever. But I mean, it's really difficult to time the market yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> I mean it's, it's to, a full errand it's well a even errand.
2: still right now let's talk about i mean and we do this for a living so you know some of the actual mathematics of it but uh we would give three different answers for what the peak of the housing market was back in the what do you want to call it oh five oh six oh seven i say oh seven mm-hmm. yeah october yeah, 07. of 07. Yeah.
4: That's late in 07. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. when it was starting to, the the, the engine blew out
2: and the, the pilots had to take the wheels back. The mortgage bank that I worked for in 2007 went out of business in May. Yeah, but you happened, they knew before all the people out in the world. Uh, there was a website called the Implodimeter that was tracking failing mortgage companies at the time. And it was mind-boggling how fast banks were popping. Um, And I'll agree with you that the, the peak probably happened somewhere after that because that was one of the leading indicators as these mortgage companies were going up in flames earlier in that year. But we knew it was about November of 2006. Dan and I, we worked for the same company, and we had a conversation that we knew mathematically this company couldn't survive past June. And it proved to not last as long as we thought it could. Uh, But anyway, point being, it's still difficult for you to look back and find, you know, true top or true, um, you know, this part or this time, you know, because what if you bought a house? There was some killer deals. I'm doing pipeline cleanup right now of our database for the company. And so I'm looking back at loans that we did in 2009, 2010, 2011. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, some of those deals where just the beauty of being able to look back and compare them through the years, it's kind of a trip how mm-hmm. people that bought in 2010 had homes that were still declining in value, you know? So they, they made that purchase and then in 2011 I'd see a refi for them where it was less than they bought it for sure. or, um, and then in 2012 it was kind of back to what they bought it for, but. Just really interesting. Um, so, point being is, like you said, it's difficult to time the market. I'm going to argue that's almost impossible. And yeah, if you I and agree. if you bought or sold at some point in the market, um, congratulations if dumb luck worked in your favor. Oftentimes, dumb luck doesn't work in your favor. It's kind of like we were talking about that builder that's like a four year project, and they're selling them now, and they're like, "Hey, sell them fast because." You know, the market might change or whatever. Dumb luck found you four years worth of getting that project to market in an increasing price environment. I know why you want to sell fast now to get out. It was all speculative in nature and, you know, it's good to cash out when you're up. But, you know, that being said, um, if you're a builder planning a project today that's going to be coming to market in 2020 or 2021, You know, what are you anticipating there? If yeah, he was worried about losing money, though, he'd just sell the lots and not
4: build the houses. So he has still got chips at the table when he's ready to play. Maybe I mean, he could sell those lots. There's new construction loans out there. He's going to build them and he's going to be on everyone's back to get it done. But at the end of the day, I think we talked about it. New construction's a good thing. New construction can make people move. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Especially if you get custom, and then you move out of your house, and
2: now the new home buyer can buy your old house. Are you guys seeing much market for lots? Do you see? Is there enough dirt around? There's
5: a lot of dirt around, but it doesn't pencil out in most cases.
2: Yeah, Um, it's Um, between
5: the permits and the you know the cost to build. I
2: feel like people that are sitting on dirt say, "Well, if you built this house at this average price per square foot." and then um kind of backed all the way down to it they go well that that's what this lot is worth then and so it's almost like it's going to it's going to end up all of the the total of all the dollars in are going to end up basically at the break even of like what you could have bought some other home for so you have to be in a position where you know that, that you're not building and gonna finish with a hundred thousand dollars equity, mm-hmm. you're just gonna finish with the house that you got, that you really wanted, with all of the things that were really important to you. Um, and you're not coming out all kinds of ahead for having built, right? that's that's right. So I object to that, but a different show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's do that next time you're on. Yeah, we can talk more about that. Uh, Mike, I want to thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Uh, both Mike's, actually, because I know um, ordinarily this is a day off for you too, sir. You bet. Um, not yeah, for real you. estate agents. You dudes work all kinds of Saturdays and no, Sundays. I'm going to leave
5: here and go show some houses. So
2: Good for you. Um, anybody wants to get a hold of you today, how can they do that? Uh,
5: you can call us at 805-591-8107. Um, that's our main line right there. Awesome. Our and of website. course, if
2: that's too quick and you guys need to get a hold of us, contact Mike. Do it at 543-LOAN or centralcoastlending.com. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week with another brand new live episode. Thanks again, guys, for coming in. Everybody be safe.